0: good evening it's good to be back with you tonight appreciate the opportunity to study the Word of God with you (coughs) we'll be uh, picking up uh, where we left off in our John series where you are start reading tonight about verse number 28 um, of John chapter number 8 just a few housekeeping notes Uh, Before we get started, uh, as many or most know, we're no longer serving as pastor at Timber Ridge. uh, But I promised them, promised myself, and most importantly, the Lord, um, that we would continue this podcast. I hope and trust that uh, uh, people up until now and this point, that they have received a blessing from studying the Word. And that's the focal point and the purpose and the intention of this is to uh, get people involved and studying the Word of God. Um, if you're new to the podcast, we're going to try and redistribute this in a little bit different ways so people can have a little bit uh, easier access to it. This was kind of uh, a spawn off of the uh, the COVID lockdowns that we had, and this is something that we started uh, for the people of the church, um, but we know that many others listen. so. Uh, We'll figure that out a little bit more as we move forward, but uh, we're still serving the Lord. We're still following the Lord and and what He wants done. Uh, As many know, if you know me well at all, uh, you know that uh, uh, my personality uh, is not acclimated to doing nothing. And so we want to teach the Word of God uh, to God's people. Uh, I myself, first and foremost, uh, absolutely admit and realize that... um, Uh, That I myself, nor any man, knows everything that there is to know about the Word of God. But we love to study the Word of God and we want to make sure that God's children are educated or at least have a facet and a place uh, where they can go and study the Word of God. We'd encourage you, um, if you have not, um, you can surf and uh, go back through the uh, the podcast episodes. Um, We have the entire book of Romans uh, recorded and uh, in series uh there's there's several other things incorporated and included in through there as well a few sunday morning sunday night and maybe even some revival services that are posted and we're working our way through the book of john Under uh, this point i think uh, i'd have to go back and look i really didn't uh think to look before we even started this but i think this is part three of john eight uh but <clears throat> and we've still got a long way to go uh good lord willing we'll try and complete uh, John 8 to 9. don't know if it'll be feasible or not. We want to keep these down to bite-sized bite episodes where people will actually listen. Uh, that's the first and foremost uh, that we need is we need people to be engaged in the word of God. We need anything today uh, we need to be discipled in the word of God. second Timothy 2:15 says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not be needeth to not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth and if we ever needed anything today we need God's children uh, when they understand their kingdom authority who they are that their elder brother is uh, Jesus Christ Uh, the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that he is not ashamed to call us brethren he said if you be ashamed of me I'll be ashamed of you Uh, but I believe that we are living in a day and time which it is absolute uh, necessity that God's children be called to arms Uh, And when I say called to arms, we know that in Ephesians chapter 6, the Bible says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against uh, principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places, and against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Uh, A lot of times we we cast our sword into the wrong fight. We try and devour one another. We try and uh, tear things down within within the, the brotherhood and sisterhood and the affiliates that make up the body of christ but uh, most certainly what we need today uh, absolutely is to come together uh, to draw our swords which is the word of god uh, and make sure that we are prepared for the days of head uh, most certainly we know that we live in uh, perilous times we, we believe that according to the scripture <clears throat> and uh, we understand that we are in a predicament there's a lot of uh, political anxiety there's a lot of social anxiety uh, divisions left and right um, and the most unfortunate thing is is those divisions have crept their way into the church uh, and we have divided instead of united uh, that we could uh, uh, call to repentance those that are in uh, in such desperate need of it and for it but we uh, we thank you uh, for your prayers. We ask that you continue to pray uh, for us, for the podcast. We've got a lot of good ideas on our heart and things that we may want to try and do. We want to bring some people in, have some discussions, uh, kind of some open mic just uh, discussions that I believe that, and I, I really think that people uh, will enjoy. And we're going to try and get some things together, uh, in the coming days. <clears throat> but if you have your Bibles and you want to pick up with us, we're going to, uh, like I said, this will be part three of John chapter number eight. We're going to pick up with verse number, uh, 28, uh, 28, 29 and 30 is kind of the conclusion, uh, of a, of a discourse that is transpiring in John chapter number eight, but, um, we're gonna we're gonna conclude with with those three verses, and then we'll kind of get into move our way into the next portion of this. But the Bible says in John eight twenty eight, then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then then shall ye know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as My Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And and He that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please Him. And of course, this is a reiteration, and, and if you go back and you listen to the uh, former parts of this, you'll know where we've uh, discovered uh, and, and discussed and talked about uh, where Jesus is dealing with the Feast of Tabernacles, and we have this uh, the, the motif of the mosaic that, that uh, uh, runs its course through the entire Gospel uh, of John. But Jesus, uh, uh, nevertheless, we find this. He's at great contention. We see this in all the Gospels. Uh, but there's a consistent contention uh, that is drawn uh, between the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and Christ as they reject him as the Messiah. They, they, they believe uh, will, and will affirm that he is a, a great teacher, uh, maybe even concede that he's a prophet. Uh, but they will not go as far as to say that, uh, that he is the Messiah, uh, the Son of the living God. And we see the I am statements that Jesus has made, but in verse 28, Jesus makes the declaration. He said, Then Jesus said unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of man, then ye shall know that I am he. And of course, He is. this is forward-looking prophecy that Jesus is speaking back to the Pharisees uh, and enlightening them on the fact uh, that uh, and he's prophesying his death right here. There's a lot of people they come into a conjecture over the Word of God and they say, well, uh uh, and this is we preached a message on this and i believe it's posted on this podcast if it's not i'll pull it down and make sure that it is um on uh, when we understand uh the fellowship of the trinity god the father god the son and god the holy ghost uh but when we see this we understand that this is a future prophetic event that jesus is prophesying of of his uh impending death and there's a lot of people what I was gonna say was there's a lot of people they look at uh, the Garden of Gethsemane passages when Jesus the Bible says that he prayed and his sweat became as great drops of blood uh, and he even prayed to the father he said father not my will be done but nevertheless thy will uh, be done and he surrendered we know that the angels came that they uh, that they uh, that they comforted him that they fed him and they nourished him and we we understand those things and there's a, there's a seemingly attention that's drawn in the text uh, that would drive us to believe that there is a part of Christ um, that that does not want to die and, and I want to say this <clears throat> when we look uh, now there's a, a term that we use uh, in terms of Christ only the second person of the Godhead the incarnate the Son of God the messianic son of God the Lord Jesus Christ is a term we use is called the hypostatic union the hypostatic union uh, there's a lot of people today we we, we sing songs and we we, uh, we make this statement, and, and, and I'm not, <clears throat> not uh, slapping you on the back of the hand and telling you that you're doing something wrong, because there's, every person thinks about things in a different way. Um, and I'm not trying to be contradictory, but there's a lot of people, they'll make the argument, they'll say, well, Jesus was 100% man, and he was 100% God. Well, uh, the sum total of that is, is that makes him 200%, which is not feasible. And there's a lot of people say, well, well, preacher, we're dealing with Christ. He is different. I, and I agree totally and wholeheartedly. I believe and I would affirm that Christ is different. <clears throat> but what we have here is we have the assumption of humanity. The first Adam, uh, which was Adam in the garden. <clears throat> Jesus is now the second Adam, right? So he came to redeem humanity. And in doing so, he has joined together. And if you go back and you read the early church fathers, you'll see the Nicene Creed where there's a declaration that they affirmed, uh, which essentially said this, that they believed and they affirmed in the hypostatic union. Well, what exactly is the hypostatic union? The hypostatic union uh, is that uh, not necessarily that he is 100% man, that he is 100% God, but that he is truly man and that he is truly God. He is the God man. Okay. Uh, So there's a, uh, we must understand that it was God in the flesh, Emmanuel, the incarnate, that tabernacled and dwelled among us. He is—he uh, took on the, as the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, he took on himself human flesh. Uh, he was tempted in all points, like as we are. The Bible says, yet without sin. How is that possible? The possibility of a human that would live and this is where we this this all feeds back into the virgin birth and the things that uh the essential core doctrines of the church that we uh that there is no wiggle room on okay uh it's not if we affirm the virgin conception uh that's the difference between being orthodox or being a heretic what does it mean to be a heretic that means to reject orthodoxy that means to reject something that is a principal biblical doctrine that is absolutely essential to the Christian faith and that will stand, uh, especially when it comes to term uh, uh, matters uh, that relate to uh, salvation, Uh, because there's so many things, uh, and and we'll say this often, and we have said this often, uh, the Nicene Creed affirms this, and this was stated, uh, what Christ did not assume was not redeemed. Uh, so, and, and, and listen, I think a lot of times in church today, especially when we're studying the Word of God, when we talk about uh, things related to soteriology or eschatology or, or the, uh, and what I'm saying is things, the the doctrine of salvation or the doctrine of end times and all these different, and, and I would say this, I believe that uh, uh, that salvation is a primary doctrine, right? That by faith through grace, uh, is is how we are saved and born again born uh, and we are made into the new jewish kingdom which is tabernacled among us but we must affirm these principal primary doctrines but there's also secondary doctrines that are in church and i believe that these second secondary doctrines have been escalated to the forefront and they've now become primary um, <clears throat> in, in people's subjective opinions and minds because they have be- become primary th- there are separation and division lines that are being drawn which is very unfortunate because the Bible tells us that the, uh, the fields are white to the harvest he said pray you that, uh, that, uh, that the laborers would come and be sent and, and we must come to the realization uh, that now is not the time especially uh, in the place and time that we live as we've already mentioned uh, where this country stands socially, economically, and politically, where we stand on many different facets and fronts, uh, when we're arguing everything from left to right, uh, what what is the most unfortunate is this, and there's probably a lot of people will be uh, be upset uh, or probably take this wrong, and, and that's fine, but it, because I believe it needs to be said, uh, is there's uh, What's troubling to me is I believe the majority of the Christian church, when we look back at the November election that, that transpired last uh, in, in 2020, we see uh, a large population of, of the church. Uh, uh, it was pretty obvious to me that their savior was Donald Trump. Um, and I, now listen to me. I, I want to say this. Uh, I believe that in politics, uh, we're not voting for pastors. We're not voting for Sunday school teachers. We're not ordaining deacons. Um, I'll just be quite frank and honest with you. I don't know them personally. I don't know their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Intimately, I don't know those things. But I can say this with absolute certainty because I don't know those things. I would not elect any president that I've ever had in my lifetime as my pastor because I don't know them. I don't know their testimony. I don't know that how they truly or really feel. I don't know the fruits that they bear in everyday life. And so when we vote, uh, we vote out of conviction uh, that we are putting somebody in office that will that will execute politically our moral standards. That's what we are voting for. We're not voting for a person, but where I've seen this thing, uh, where I've seen the iceberg dive uh, into the ocean, was uh, it transitioned from voting for a person that that uh, that uh, would execute to our moral standards and beliefs, and it went into faith and belief in a person. And all friends today, listen, if we as a church come to the realization uh, that our hope is not in this world. This is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, if I had hope in this world only, I'd be of all men most miserable. And when our, when our primary focus and our hope is placing a person, an individual, and not in the Lord Jesus Christ, the foundation of God, the Bible tells us this in, in 2 Timothy, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. He says, therefore, I let every man that nameth the name of Christ, let him therefore depart from iniquity. Where should our hope be? Our hope should be founded wholly, solely, individually, in the Lord Jesus Christ, in him alone. Okay, uh, and you say, well, preacher, everything that you just said right there does not really correlate uh, to the context of verse number 28. But I understand this. What I'm talking about is who the, son of, uh, who the Son of Man, the Son of God is. So we have this union. He is different, okay? Uh, he was. Uh, the Bible tells us in the book of Philippians that he came, uh, that, uh, uh, that he suffered himself, uh, and he robed himself with humanity. Uh, and he succumbed to these things, even, the Bible says, even until unto the death of the cross. So we see that the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Messianic proclaimed king, that should come and fulfill uh, what the Judaizers or what the Jews, the, the, the Hebrews, were forward-looking was the, to fulfill the throne of David, not in earthly political power okay, uh, and this is where we've come to uh, in today's church is we are so obsessed with earthly political power uh, that the spirituality of the kingdom and the essence that the kingdom already is. there's it's so unfortunate to me today that, the, that there's an overwhelming majority of the church that is looking for a political kingdom here on this earth. Uh, and now listen friends, I believe that we have uh, conflation of terms and I believe that we have vast, uh, misunderstandings uh, friends listen because uh, you know we must we must come to the realization that uh, is there going to be a new heaven and a new earth yes okay why is that why will that be because the scripture tells us that there will be there will be a redeemed Eden where the children of God uh, will be fulfilled in all of their righteousness as the born-again believers under the house of and the temple of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, there will be an establishment of a new heaven and a new earth. Okay, now we ask this question, is that kingdom yet to be or is it already? And the answer to that question is yes, it already is at the enthronement, the uh, uh of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That was the inauguration of a king. Okay, that's where the premise of our gospel comes from is the, the premise of the gospel is not about humanity. The premise of the gospel is solely and wholly on the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. And when we ever deviate for where the, uh, the, pri- the primary principle authority of the gospel, if we ever waver on where that lies, Uh, Then we find ourselves in in a huge mess, okay? Uh, But listen the principal authority of the gospel is the life, the message the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension, uh, and the uh, the uh, the enthronement, and the inauguration of the new king of Israel, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. He has already established his kingdom, but yes, his kingdom already is, but it also is not yet, because there will be a future coming kingdom, the new heaven, and the new earth, but everybody is now, uh, they're so hyper-focused that they can't affirm that there is a kingdom that already is and they're saying uh or or, but maybe that they can't affirm that there is a kingdom already and maybe they can't affirm that there will be a kingdom in the future but francis i mean so many people are tied to so many theological systems okay Uh, and and i want to warn you against systems I I fell into this trap personally, friends. Listen, there's so many people, they fall into these systems, and they try and systematize the Bible. And I understand that there's a system, and I understand that we have uh, very mature, developed theologians who have published numerous copies and have spent their life's work putting out systematic theologies. And what is a systematic theology? A systematic theology is a step-by-step encyclopedia, for lack, Uh, that will guide you through this, uh, how to systematize the Bible. And, and, and am I saying that we should throw that away? No, we should not throw that away because we have to have some kind of systematizing. Okay, when we... Uh, even if it's very elementary at its level, we don't have to apply it to every other doctrine that we have. We need to let the Word of God speak for what the Word of God says, not be tied to a system, because there's so many people that are tied to a system uh, that they can't see the forest for the trees. And what am I saying in that is that uh, they're so wrapped up in their system that they read into, they exegete the text, they read into the text what they believe instead of exegeting the text and letting the text speak out what it says in its context, in its framework. And this is where we need to get to, friends. Listen, we're so tied to what we can't be because of a system that we are bound, that we have bound the Word of God. And we need to let the Word of God speak for what it is and what exactly it says. It's freeing. And we'll get into that here in just a few minutes, friends. Listen, when we understand the truth of the word of God, but we see the power of the son of God. We see this hypostatic union. We see that uh, that he is uh, the incarnate that dwells among us. He's truly God, he's truly man. Uh, And this is what makes him different. He robed himself with flesh. Uh, He lived in this world of sin, yet he never succumbed to sin. Why? Because there is uh, through the fall and the sin of Adam, now this is one thing, and you go back and you listen to our Romans five, uh, when we did uh, this uh, the, the episode on Romans five. It's probably a two or three part series, uh, but when we get back into that, we we talk extensively and explicitly about the fact that we did not inherit Adam's guilt. Somebody does not go to hell because Adam sinned. Somebody goes to hell because they sinned. Okay, uh, friends, listen to me. And when I say they, you can you can replace that with you. So friends, listen. Uh, if a person would go to hell, it's because, not because of what Adam did, uh, and it's not because of what Adam's guilt, but it is because they have personally ratified the things which Adam did. So they've personally sinned themselves. Okay, so but now what happened in the garden? Uh, what, what happened in the garden is there was an exile from the garden. So Adam was cast outside of the garden. What, what is the significance of Adam being cast outside of the garden? Well, in the garden, uh, so you had the world, uh, you had Eden, you had the garden, and then you had the tree. Uh, in the midst of that garden, where the tree was, is where God dwelt with man. That was heaven on earth. That's where God came down in the cool of the day. That He walked with Adam, his friend, and they transpired and they named the stars. They named the animals that God gave Adam a helpmate because he desired one. That's where the intimate presence, where heaven on earth was, okay? Uh, now, what happened at the transgression? At the transgression, through disobedience, Adam disobeyed. And therefore, the Bible tells us that God exiled Adam from the midst of the garden eastward in Eden. And the Bible says that he said, uh, At the gate uh, thereof cherubims with flaming swords to guard the tree of life. Now, when we understand this, we understand that now we are outside outside this is critical we are outside we are now outside all humanity because of that transgression all humanity through procre- through procreation is now outside of of of, uh, of the immediacy and the intimacy of christ so now what do we have now because we're outside because we are away there's a separation from god now because of that there is a, pr- a propensity and an inclination toward sin what does that mean what does that mean that means that when we are born into this world that we are born with an inclination a bend or a propensity that means that we have a desire to sin okay now francis now from that we work into the, the the process of and i didn't mean to turn this into an oro salutis but then we turn into uh the the responsibility factor Uh, We must understand today, and this is a hard concept for a lot of people to grasp, and I uh, just really recently uh, understood this is, and and in all essence, when we say it out loud, I I, I can see where uh, it's probably very difficult to, uh, to, to understand but when somebody has a propensity towards sin that means that they are in a state of sin but when there is no responsibility because they don't realize they're in a state of innocence because they don't realize that they have breached the law that they are then a sinner against god so when we talk about responsibility we're talking about a child we're talking about a toddler we're talking about somebody uh friends listen i'm not talking about a 50 and a 60 year old man okay a 50 and 60 year old man uh, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter number 1, go back and listen to that. Uh, Romans chapter number 1, where the Bible tells us that the whole world is without excuse. Why? Because there is enough light in this world through God's proveniency and His grace. There's enough light in this world to point us to the saving grace of the cross of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's not enough grace to save us, but there's enough grace to point us to the saving grace, which is inly in the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? So, friends, listen, we have a responsibility problem. Now, there's a lot of people that make the argumentation when is that age of responsibility? When is that age of accountability, as it's often stated in our churches? Uh, there's a lot of people, uh, we must come to the realization of what does that mean? Well, exactly what that means is what exactly happened scripturally to Adam. When Adam <clears throat> ate of the apple, what, what immediately did he do? He saw his nakedness. What did he, what, what is the resounding result of that? <clears throat> when Adam saw his nakedness, what he really saw is he saw, and he was now responsible for the decision that he had made in his disobedience against God. So when that came to full knowledge, okay, what did he eat of? He eat of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. There was nothing lost; there was something gained. When he gained the knowledge of the uh, of of the good and evil in the garden, he saw his nakedness. He tried to clothe himself. He tried to hide himself. These are all uh, uh, these are all understandings that the scripture is specifically telling us that Adam. The historical Adam, he knew that he had breached the, the oath of God, okay? Now, when does that happen? When does that come? I believe that there's an age of responsibility, and listen, I, I, I would never in a million years make a declaration on a specific age. I, I believe that the Bible is really ambiguous uh, on the topic, but I believe that it does give us a few lines in the sand if we choose to draw them, okay? Okay. Uh, listen. We see, and, and, and listen. I, I want to caveat this statement with the fact that I would not affirm that these are absolute lockdown ages. But what I do say is that the Bible gives us reason to understand uh, that from the times of the youth, the Bible tells us in the book of Deuteronomy uh, that there comes a time when when that that child comes to the realization that what they are doing is right or wrong. Okay. When that comprehension comes therein entails responsibility is now on them okay now <clears throat> this went an entirely different direction and i've spent i don't even know how much time um, a long time <laughs> uh, talking about something to, so it looks like john eight's going to be a four-parter for sure uh, but now we get into this uh discussion right here and we say well Uh, Where is the innocence of a child? Now listen, I I want everybody to understand this. Grace is an absolute necessity from the time of conception. Uh, Without God's grace, uh, we will fail, we will die, and we will absolutely uh, be cast from His presence in a place of utter destruction called hell. And the Bible explicitly tells us that. So it's God's redeeming grace that keeps us to the age of responsibility. There's a lot of people I know that they may wonder through the text, and they say, oh, well, uh, how is it possible, uh, and, or, or where is my child that was taken? Uh, maybe that they were lost in a miscarriage. Maybe they were lost as a young toddler. Maybe, they, uh, maybe something transpired while they were incredibly young, very sad, very unfortunate. <clears throat> but I, And I, and I've mentioned this many times in Isaiah chapter number 53. Uh, the Bible tells us where do we get our security and our absolute from that? Where, where can we find that textually, preacher? We go to Isaiah 53. I want you to pay attention. In Isaiah 53, verse number 5, the Bible tells us, he said, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Uh, if you'll pay very close attention uh, to the past tense verbiage, he was, not will be, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. I'll go uh, to one more place and then we'll get on. Uh, with this, in First Peter chapter number one, verse number eighteen, one of my favorite verses that I quote often, for as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from vain conversation received by tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as the Lamb without blemish, without spot, who was verily, listen to this, who was verily, who verily was foreordained before, 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 the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times. For you, I'm glad that there's preveniency, I'm glad that there's grace until the age of responsibility or the age of accountability, however you want to look at it. So, now what does responsibility mean? Uh, well, the definition is in the term response able that means that you have reached a, a, a place and point in time in your life when you are able to respond. Okay, uh, friends, listen to me, we must understand, and there's a lot of people today, uh, <clears throat> and it's unfortunate that people that uh, uh, in the churches today, they'll they'll see 50, 60, 70, 80 year old people, and they say, "Well, maybe they're just not lost yet." No, friends, listen to me. Uh, that goes against the text. That goes against. The, nobody gets a free pass. Uh, in, in Acts and, and in chapter four, verse twelve, for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. He says, and also in Acts chapter number four, for the days of ignorance have passed, and he has commanded all men everywhere therefore to repent. Uh, the Bible tells us in, in the book of Romans, and we've already talked about this. Uh, acknowledge him uh, before but i'm going to read this to you just so i don't misquote it and so uh, you don't have to say well the preacher this is what uh, no this is what the word of god says amen first uh in romans chapter number one verse number 18 for the wrath of god is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and right- unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which uh, may be known of god is manifest in them for uh, God hath showed it unto them, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, So they are without excuse. They are without excuse. Uh, friends. I me, mean, we can see the starry heavens. We can look at the trees. We can see the grass growing. We can see the birds singing. Uh, the crickets chirping and the frogs uh, uh is there croaking. My friends, listen to me. We can see the face of God. You say in preacher that we can get saved uh, through the, creek, uh, through the uh, croaking of a frog? No, I didn't say that. I just said where there's lights given, when you respond to the light that is given, God will give you more light. When you have an affirmation that there is a God who created all things, God will send you more light. Amen. And I believe that God's proveniency, His saving power, His grace is sufficient uh, in the fact that He will keep you Amen, that he will keep you into that place, into that point, into that time where the gospel can be delivered and a decision, a free libertarian decision can be made by you on the premise of the gospel. Will you receive Jesus as your Savior or will you not? But now, friends, listen, I don't even know how long I've taken, probably a good portion of 30 minutes here, Uh, but I believe that all that needed to be stated because we need to understand these primary principles orthodoxy things to come up to the conclusion and this all started with me saying that there's a lot of people think that jesus came to this world but he didn't want to die no that's the whole reason and point that he came he came to redeem all things okay and this is what this is a future prophetic event that he's foretelling in verse number 28 then jesus said unto them uh, when you have lifted up the son of man then ye shall know that i am he and this is what he's uh, future this is the future prophecy that he's foretelling them of listen there's coming a time when i will be lifted up as the son of man i will redeem as the second adam okay then ye shall know that i am he and that i do nothing of myself but as my father hath taught me i speak these things he says i do what the father instructs and of course we see uh, the blessed harmony and the unity of the trinity here in verse number 29 and he's and he that uh, and he that sent me is with me the father hath not left me alone for i do always those things that please him he came he said i came to do the will of my father and the will of my father alone and uh I, This is probably reminiscent of a time that you remember uh, when Jesus, he was 12 years old. The Bible tells us that they came in for Passover uh, at the annual time of the year as they were celebrating Yom Kippur. Uh, And we see where Jesus, the Bible says that Mary and Joseph had made their way and they were headed back uh, home. Uh, they made themselves three days journey and they realized that Jesus was missing from this great host of this caravan. And a lot of people think that, well, he was just missing. How did they drive three days and he wasn't in the back seat of the car? This is a whole host of people in a caravan of people. Um, and they finally realized that Jesus wasn't there. They went back and found him in the temple and he was teaching. And the Pharisees were absolutely appalled. And he made the declaration to his mother. He said, uh, Mother, knowest thou not that I must be up and about? my father's business and old friends stay listen to me Uh, I would to God that we as God's children would would realign ourselves and come to the the understanding that it's time that we get up and about the father's business Um, we don't have time to wait we don't have time Uh, now listen to me there's a lot of people today they're they're hung in the valley of decision as joel said they maybe they want to know more maybe they want to learn more well i do too i want to know more i want to learn more that's why i'm constantly reading constantly studying constantly praying over the word of god I, i want to understand the deep truths of the word of god but friends today listen to me uh if we're waiting until we're ready we will never go when, when the Spirit gives us utterance and, and, and the Father uh, sends the paraclete, the comforter, the Holy Ghost of God, and it embraces, and embodies, and it empowers, uh, that's when we should leap forward uh, into the fields that are wide into the harvest. Uh, friends today, listen, there is a whole world full of lost people, and they need God's children to spread the message of the King, the High King of Heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. And now verse number 30, the Bible says, And he spake these words, many believed on him. Okay? Uh, And now we got some reach back that we're going to do right here. In verse 31, this kind of picks up um, a new train of thought. In verse 31, it says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, uh, then are you my disciples indeed. Uh, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. All right? So, Everybody's heard of verse number 32, but I want to talk about verse number 31 here for just a few minutes. But if we get a reach back just briefly, we go to John chapter number 2, verse number 23. Uh, the Bible tells us this. Uh, it says, Now uh, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover and the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles, which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto, him, unto them, because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. All right, now I want to read a troubling passage to a lot of people that they, they feel is, is troubling to them. In Matthew chapter number 7, I'm sure that it's um, uh, very familiar. Uh, in, in Matthew chapter number 7, verse number 21, the scripture reads, not every man, Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And there's a lot of people, they, they find absolute disdain in this. They find unsecurity. They feel like that they're, uh, and friends, listen to me. This is the whole premise of what we've trying to been trying to preach for months now and trying to teach and educate the church is this that friends listen to me the bible tells us in romans chapter number five but god commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners while we were yet sinners christ died for the ungodly and so friends we we must come to the realization uh is this there's a lot of people today that they're they're hung in the valley of decision they're stuck uh listen and 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 they are they're absolutely in bondage to doubt, okay, and and the whole reason and purpose for that is is because they are trying within themselves, even though they wouldn't affirm this. This is really what they're trying to do. Our altars are full; it's uh, our, our our altars are absolutely full of people who are trying to make Jesus love them more, or they're trying to be more righteous so Jesus can or will love them more. But the whole objectivity of this is this: He said, "Listen." Uh, and this is the way I've related this many times in days in past that are gone, is that uh, when Jesus was on the cross uh, of Calvary and he, and he was dying and, and offering the sin, uh, the ransom, uh, for, for the redemption of all humanity in the cosmos, w- when he was actively engaged in all these things, friends, listen to me, uh, he looked at your deepest, darkest, abominable, wicked, most sinful, times that one place in time the in in every individual creature's mind there's a place that there's a point there's a time when we feel that we may have been at our vilest okay the things that we don't want anybody to know about the things that we've kept hidden or kept secret uh, the things that we're ashamed of and all those attributes about us that are uh that are oh uh that to us they are unfathomable we don't even want to think about them we carry those things but we must understand that 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 is the time in which god's love covered us and kept us and constrained us delivered us ransomed and redeemed us in the cross of calvary it's not when we were at our best but when we were at our worst so Now when we tie the text together and we understand that there is a reality that if I have allegiance to the High King of Heaven, Jesus Christ, if I stand by faith in His grace in allegiance to my King, I am continually being saved because it's not of my righteousness, it's not of my good deeds, it's not of my good works, but it's holy, holy fundamentally secure in the king which is Jesus Christ okay and he is an eternal priesthood after the order of Melchizedek he has no beginning he has no end he is the Alpha he is the Omega he is the beginning he is the end friends listen to me he is all in all is what Paul says so I'm not saved because of myself I'm saved because of my uh, of the allegiance that I have to my king, and as long as I stand in his presence faithfully abide, in, and and secure and have believing faith, that, listen that that is the contingency that is listed in the Word of God. Amen. Uh, uh, w- w- the Bible tells us in Ephesians two and eight four by grace are you saved through what faith? Uh, I want to read this to you over in First Peter. I love First Peter. It's a a precious book to me, but in, in uh, 1 Peter, <clears throat> let me get back over here. I should have kept my place while I was there. My apologies. 1 Peter chapter number 1, uh, and, of course, uh, this is uh, uh, Peter. He says, Now, uh, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Now, listen to this. Who are kept by the power of God, listen, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. See, this is the contingency we have in the scripture. Now, why am I talking about all this? Because we get back to verse number 31 right here, and we, we talk about where the Bible says that Jesus said that he knew them, right? Uh, and verse 31 then said Jesus, those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed if you continue in my word then you're my disciples indeed friends listen to me Uh, we must understand uh, there's a lot of people out there uh, i I, I call them one and dones, okay Uh, listen they uh, when we're talking relationship of of the one and dones, i'm talking about those that say that they have an experience but they show no allegiance that they have no fruit and uh, friends listen to me in all manner of principle, we must understand this. It's not about the fruit. It's absolutely about the root. Who is the root? The root is Jesus Christ. Uh, can I judge men's thoughts and hearts and actions and intentions? No, I can't do those things. God can. Uh, but we are, uh, we are the, and listen to me, we're not to go around executing judgment on who's saved or who's lost, but we must do this. We must come to the common reasoning uh, and, and the reality of this in the church of God is that people uh, if they show no allegiance if they have no fruit it doesn't matter what they say that they have we should treat them like they're lost okay treat them like they're lost we don't need to remind them uh, of what they once had or maybe what they uh, because friends maybe they don't have it maybe it's not real maybe it was maybe it never happened period Uh, And, friends, listen, we should treat them as such. And that's what the Bible tells us. Work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. But the Bible talks about in many places about, uh, you know, Jesus. In another place, the Bible says that he spoke a hard saying. After he spoke a hard saying, the Bible says that many of those which followed him, they departed and they left. And Jesus returned uh, in like manner. And he looked at Peter and he said, Peter, will you go away also? And he said, Lord, to whom out shall we go? He said, For thou hast the words of life. So when we look at this and we evaluate this, it's talking about the pursuit faith uh, that the Apostle John in the Johannine Gospel right here is, he, uh, is, he, is he's always uh, reminding us of. He's telling us to abide, to continue, and to remain. Uh, so friends, listen to me. This, this is something that is absolutely essential uh, in the Christian faith. This is not what I think. This is just plain and simply what the Word of God says okay then verse number 32 and the bible says and ye shall know uh ye shall know the truth the truth shall make you free okay and so now what jesus is relating to them is this is not uh, the truth of uh, uh, of an earthly political kingdom or freedom uh, that's not what he's talking about he's not talking about the truth of political freedom or, or being out from under the uh, the thumb of the Roman rule that was prevalent in this day and time, but this is spiritual freedom and knowing Jesus as the absolute point and origin of truth, okay? And ye shall know the truth. When we, when we make the affirmation in and of ourselves and we faithfully cast our allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ and we say that we know that Jesus is the absolute necessity, point of origin, and, and of, all, of all truth, then the Bible says, then the truth shall make you free. And friends, listen to me. That's what we must come to the understanding, the realization of. It's not innately about us. It's not about our good deeds. It's not about our uh, our righteousness. It's simply about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, should holiness follow? Absolutely. The Bible tells us this: it says, "Be ye holy, for I am holy." Okay. Everyone that nameth the name of sin, uh, the name of Christ, let him therefore depart from iniquity. Is there holiness that should follow? Absolutely. Is there a persistence? Is there a is there a prayer life? Is there a fruit that should follow? Yes, Amen. That's why the Scripture talks about these things, uh, but for some reason we have laid them by the wayside in the church, and I believe that we're reaping the fruits of laying, uh, of laying aside discipleship and understanding and growing in grace and knowledge. Well, I think we're reaping those things today. Now the Bible says in verse thirty three, they answered him. Uh, we be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou ye shall be made free okay uh, so now here they appeal to their lineage. Uh, what do I mean when I say that they appeal to Abraham's seed they said listen, we are come after the, uh, after Abraham because we've been after Abraham, we're never in bondage to any man so the, what they're they're declaring spiritual freedom in Abraham okay. Uh, But uh, really what they are saying, and and listen, we can go through the Old Covenant. We understand this. Uh, They were in exile, and they rejected and and rebuked of God more times than we can count. Uh, Two exiles, two temples. Uh, We we have, uh, listen, they were... They found themselves after they were delivered out of Egypt, and they found themselves wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Why did they wander in wilderness for 40 years? Because they rejected God even after he delivered them. So, friends, listen to me. Uh, we know that, you know, contextually and scripturally, we understand that they were never free because they were Abraham's seed. So what they're making an appeal to is they're saying we have spiritual freedom, in abraham because we are because we are the descendants of abraham verse 34 of the bible says jesus answers them verily verily amen amen yeah i say unto thee uh whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin so friends listen to me uh now this is purely simply and wholly what the scripture says right uh and jesus makes this uh declaration in, in, in a couple other places in the gospels is Whosoever that we become servants to, this is who we're going to obey. This is what we are, okay? Uh, So the Bible tells us right here, he said, whosoever commits sin, they're simply a servant of sin. Uh, And whoever that we serve, that's our master. So friends, today, listen, the Bible tells us to continue to abide and remain in the Lord Jesus Christ. When we continue to abide and remain in the Lord Jesus Christ, Uh, Friends, does that mean that we're going to be absent of sin? No, that doesn't mean that we're entirely one hundred percent purged and free of of the sinful domain of this present flesh that we currently have. Okay, Uh, but it does mean that we can have freedom in knowing where our allegiance lies and our allegiance should lie singularly and wholly in Jesus Christ. Verse thirty-five: and the and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. Amen. Son abideth forever. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Okay? Uh, What a a blessed passage this is. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. And I'm glad that we can have absolute authority in God's saving grace and His marvelous, wonderful mercy which He's bestowed upon us. And He tells us right here... uh, when the sun sets you free you have absolute absolute freedom okay that's an absolute uh, a wonderful fact and necessity when we when we proclaim the, the the truth that Jesus is absolute that he is all and in all when we make the declaration that Jesus is superior, as the book of Hebrews points out to us, that he's greater than the angels, he's greater than Abraham, he's greater than Moses, he's greater uh, than, than all things. And we humbly submit ourselves unto him because he is our Lord. When we come to that realization, if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Okay, So we are absolutely uh, justified in our freedom. Uh, and and that freedom is not political freedom that freedom is spiritual freedom does that mean that we will uh, never uh, incur sickness in this world no that's not what that means Uh, does that mean that we'll never have any financial problems no that's not what that means either does that mean that we'll never have any familial problems that we'll never uh, have wars or or be uh, accused of slanderous and uh, malicious things in our lives. No, that's not what that means. What the, what the Bible is telling us is that we will have spiritual freedom. Spiritual freedom because we'll be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. Okay? Uh, so this is Jesus responding back to him. He said, I know that you are uh, Abraham's seed. And this is a reference back uh, now as we look at uh, verse number 33. He said, I know you're Abraham's seed. I, I know uh, that you are uh, you have a familial lineage and tie. I understand that. Now listen to what he says. I know that you are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. Friends today, listen. This is where we got to get back to. This is where we started. This is where we're going to finish tonight. It's the absolute fact that we have got to affirm the word of God, the Logos which is the Lord Jesus Christ. John wrote to us in John 1.1, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him, there's nothing made that is made. Friends, listen, I don't want to just have a lineage. I want to be a child of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be a child of the King. I love that song. But I'm glad that we can have that familial tie with the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our elder brother. He stands as our advocate okay he is our mediator he is our beginning he is our end Uh, he is the absolute of all things i speak that which i have seen i I speak uh, let me read this right now i speak that which i have seen with my father and you do that which ye have seen with your father okay Uh, friends this to me (laughs) doesn't matter what a lot of people say Uh, But that's why I'm telling you something, friends. Listen, we should deal with a lot of people today just like they're lost. You say, well, preacher, I heard them or or they said this. But, friends, listen to me. If if they don't bear fruit of the root and if they don't uh, have a personal uh, outward show of allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ, we should approach them with tenderness, with meekness. We should approach them with a state of reconciliation to drive them back to the cross. Back to the cross. We should treat them like they're lost. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. Okay. Now we get into this right here where he talks about the father of lies. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Satan. And they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Okay, so it just came, comes right back up. Now, who is Abraham? The Bible tells us in Romans chapter number four Abraham was justified by faith. Amen. Amen. Uh, so, friends, listen to me uh, when there comes a, a sense of loyalty and justification and sacrifice uh, that is an affiliation of the seed. Listen, he said, uh, he said, You may be the seed of Abraham, but you're not Abraham's child. But now uh, you seek to kill me, a man. Uh, that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham. What did Abraham do? Abraham was a man that was uh, vexed in a pagan nation. (laughs) And God, because of his great salvific plan through the Lord Jesus Christ, he called a man out of Ur of Chaldees, and he said, go uh, and follow me. And he picked up and he left. Amen. Uh, Friends, listen to me. This is what God requires of this, is absolute obedience. It says, You do the deeds of your father. Uh, Then said they unto them, We be not born of fornication, or they're not illegitimate children that are taken in adultery. He said, We have one father, even God. Jesus saith unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceed forth, and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me okay Uh, so we see the familial tie right here we talk about uh listen we, we talk about the trinitarian circle and you've heard me mention this many times we have god the father god the son god the holy ghost god the father is not the son god the son is not the holy ghost god the holy ghost is not god the father but the father is god the son is god and the spirit is god so we see this tie right here, but we see this familiar language in which John uses and a lot of New Testament writers use uh, when they look about the familial relationship that, and the harmony of the Trinity. But Jesus says unto them, if God were your father, you would love me, right? That's what he told them in John chapter 6, wasn't it? He said, listen, if you'd really love my father, then you would love me because he sent me, okay? Uh, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech? Even because ye cannot hear my word. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar. And the Father of it. Because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Which of you convinces me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do ye not believe me? He that is uh, of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. Friends, listen, we must submit ourselves unto the Word of God. The Word of God. And it says, listen, verse number 44, I'm just going to remind you of this. And we'll pick up and grab these last few verses when we uh, uh, plow our way into chapter 9 next week. Uh, but I just want to remind you of verse number 44. It says, Ye of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar, and the father of it.'" Friends, listen. I, I'm glad uh, tonight, and listen. We're not going to leave this uh, on a hopeless end. Amen. I'm glad that there's deliverance, that there's hope, that there's faith, uh, that there's uh, that there's an allegiant king that we can serve in the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, listen, we don't have to fall prey uh, to the political powers of this world. We don't have to fall prey to uh, the captivity of our mind and the bondage in which we enslave ourselves in or the sins of this world. But there's absolute deliverance to the freedom that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can be free. And if you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Amen. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you are free indeed. I'm glad tonight, friends, listen, that we're absolutely free indeed. Uh and we can have hope, that we can have security, we can have trust in who Jesus is. God bless you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh you pray for us, uh, and good Lord willing, we'll be with back with you next week. We'll I guess we'll take on John chapter 8, part number 4, and then we'll dive into chapter 9. God bless you this week. We love you.